of grievance instead of a culture of greatness. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. One hour down, one hour to go here on the show. We talked about this last week. We're at the end of a fundraising quarter. Fourth of July happens. And all of a sudden, dog days of summer, a year out from the election, people start announcing that they're going to run for statewide office. Big announcement today, State Budget Chair Cody Smith announcing he's running for State Treasurer. Cody joins us live right now. Cody, welcome back to the show. Elijah, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for being on. You've decided that Carthage is no longer big enough to contain you. You're taking your message statewide. I have. I'm excited to enter the race for uh, State Treasurer. And I got involved in politics originally after getting frustrated, building a business and starting a family, like a lot of people do. Decided to run for office in 2016, ran for the state house and won, um, and dove right headlong into fiscal policy and came to understand that that's really where the rubber meets the road. Government is never more intrusive than when it reaches into your wallet and takes your money. And so I developed a passion for fiscal policy and getting taxpayer dollars back to them as often and as in whatever way possible. Uh, and the state treasurer's role would allow me the chance to continue the work that I've started there. Cody, give us a little bit of a, a, a you know, as, as you sort of uh, decided to make this run for office, one of the things, and, and we've, we actually had you on the show just last week talking about <laughs> the budget process. One of the things a lot of people don't understand is what is the role of the treasurer? What, what, what's the position do? Why is it so valuable to the state? Sure. It is, a, it is somewhat of an under, no, underappreciated role uh, as a statewide office, but the state treasurer is primarily charged with managing the state treasury and the funds that are, are uh, contained in the state treasury across a variety of different fund balance types uh, are managed through the state treasurer's office. So any investments that the, that the state makes or the cash management of those dollars all runs through the state treasurer's office. Additionally, there are opportunities to lean in on fiscal policy. The state treasurer sits on a couple different boards that have tremendous impact to the state's financial health. One of those is the uh, public employees pension board. It's called Mosier's. Uh, that is a huge liability to the state as it is every other state in the union. It's a huge expense and needs to be managed conservative, conservatively to save taxpayer dollars. And also the treasurer sits on the housing commission, which oversees the issuance of a variety of tax credits that uh, have a tremendous impact on state revenues and the state budget. So in addition to that, there's a really cool program in the state treasurer's office that uh, is called the Empowerment Scholarships Account Program, or ESAs, as we like to say. We created that through statute in 2021, and I was proud to help pass that bill. But that offers scholarships to families and gives them the choice of how they'd like to use those resources to spend on their children's education. It's, um, it could be used for tutoring or curriculum or tuition. And again, the magical ingredient is, a, is a, that it's the families that are determining what the needs of their children are and how best to spend those dollars. That program is really, really great, and it's a new program, needs to be fostered and grown. It's 
right now is too restrictive. It's limited to only children with individual education plans. It's means tested, so not everyone qualifies based on their income. And most frustratingly, it is geographically restricted. So you must live in a city of over 35,000 people. So your listeners in Springfield, the children might be eligible. But in Carthage, my constituents are not. And that that's, uh, shouldn't be the case. That should be a statewide program. All Missouri kids deserve access to a world-class education. And as state treasurer, I would do everything in my power to extend that to all Missouri children. What is it about state treasurer? You know, the, 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 the last state treasurer also came from the budget budget chair position, Scott Fitzpatrick. It seems like there's some synchronicity. Am I saying that word right? It seems like there's a they 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 have very similar types of duties, the budget chair and the state treasurer. I think that's right. As you said, my predecessor Scott Fitzpatrick, also Southwest Missouri boy, uh, made the transition from House budget chairman to state treasurer, and in the Missouri House, as it is in uh, Southwest Missouri, fiscal conservatism is a cultural phenomenon. Uh, back here in Jasper County, and I know many of your listeners in, in, in Greene County live within their means and expect their government to do the same. And so we from Southwest Missouri take that that sentiment to Jefferson City and advocate for common sense conservative fiscal policy and ultimately seek to save taxpayers money. And uh, as House Budget Chairman, I've had the opportunity and had some success. It's been quite an honor to uh, eliminate public debt, cut taxes, and balance the budget and bring that conservative mindset to that role. And uh, it makes a lot of sense to translate that over to the state treasurer's office and obviously Treasurer Fitzpatrick, now Auditor Fitzpatrick, has shown that to be a successful path. Yeah, tell us, you know, one of the things that you talked about, you talked about um, the treasurer's oversight of the tax credits. Uh, That's something that you've been, you know, you've been involved in some of the tax credit reform that's happened in the legislature over the last seven years. Walk us through uh, tax credit programs in the state and the involvement you've had in that. Yeah, so every year annually, the House Budget Committee and the Senate Appropriations Committee are required by law to review all of the tax credits issued at the state level. So we go through the through the different tax credits. We check on how they're working, how many of those credits have been redeemed, how many of them have been issued, and we keep tabs on all that. We have a wide variety of, of tax credit programs within the state, all the way from economic tax credits to what, what I call benevolent, benevolent tax credits. And they don't all work well or work the same. And some of the tax credits that... Um, are some of the most prominent in the state. The low-income housing tax credit and the historical tax credit uh, have been criticized for not being as efficient as they should be. And so over the last several years, as you've mentioned, uh, we have worked on increasing efficiencies within those programs, and we've had some success doing that. Uh, working with, at the time, Treasurer Fitzpatrick, who sat on the Missouri Housing Commission, uh, who implemented, led the way on a lot of these efficiency-driving uh, policies, uh, the, the General Assembly has followed his lead, and, and I've played a role in that and happy to do so. So as state treasurer, I would continue to review those and um, look at them with an eye towards efficiency and maximum ROI or return on investment for state taxpayers. Tell us a little bit about, you know, we, we I, I ask this question a lot, but statewide campaigns, they're not easy. It's a surprisingly big state. You know, a lot of people are like, ah, you know, it's three hours across the state. No, no. If you go from, from Northwest Missouri to Southeast Missouri, that's a, that's, that's a, that's an 800 mile jaunt. How, how, what's it, what's it like taking on a statewide campaign? 
Yeah, it certainly is a big endeavor. Uh, Missouri is a large and diverse state, both geographically and culturally. Um, you know, our friends from the boot heel that represent their constituents there, I, I, they like to say that uh, from certain parts in south, southeast Missouri, it's quicker to drive to the, the uh, Gulf of Mexico than it is to the Missouri state capital. So as you said, if you're one on one end heading to the other, it can be a long uh, distance to travel. But I have had in my capacity as House Budget Chairman, I have traveled all over the state and met with folks across the state and become very familiar with the different areas of the state and the unique needs from those different areas. So I feel like I'm, I'm well equipped to have a good understanding of some of the, the issues there statewide. But I look forward to traveling around the state even more, spending time listening to voters uh, about what's on their mind, about how the state treasurer can, can help them with, with the problems that they're facing dealing with state government. And uh, that's, that's the goal, and I'm excited to be getting underway. Tell us, uh, you know, as, as you prepare for this, you've still got one more year as the budget chair coming up. Give us a little bit of a prognosis of, uh, of what the state budget might look like next year. Um, how are state rep- Yeah, I do have one more year as House budget chairman, and uh, revenues are still strong. We've had revenue surpluses over the last couple of years, I think largely due to keeping our economy open during covid uh, not shutting down as you as we've seen some businesses do. Our economy has thrived through the pandemic, and so we have revenue surpluses in in Jefferson City, and we have so much so that we've in, embarked on cutting taxes again. And it was an honor of mine to carry a large tax cut across the finish line last summer and personally handle that legislation that would ultimately save taxpayers about a billion dollars once it's fully implemented. And then still we have. Uh, revenue surpluses on hand. So the, the state budget, the state is, uh, the financial health is in very good shape. The state budget is in good shape, but we can always look for ways to make cuts, to drive efficiencies and get as many of those taxpayer dollars back to them as possible. And so I look for every opportunity as I can, as I, where I can to, as House Budget Chairman to do that. And my hope is to continue that work in the state treasurer's office. But I, I'll be excited to get back to work uh, in January, when the legislative start legislative session starts, not quite ready to go back yet. But by the time January rolls around, we'll be ready to get back to work for the people of Missouri. You know, it is an interesting story. One of the things that you've made a big focus on while you were the budget chair is, hey, just because we've got all of this federal money flowing in the state doesn't mean we need to spend it, spend it today, spend it as quickly as possible. It's a good idea to either put some back for a rainy day fund or to return it for the ta- to the taxpayers, that's been one of sort of your your north stars as you've been uh, as you've been the budget chair here in the state. Absolutely, using federal money and looking for opportunities to leverage federal dollars to provide tax relief to state taxpayers as, is one of my favorite uh, techniques in the appropriations process. And we've been successful with taking federal money, uh, using it for expenses. To, to alleviate need for general revenue, giving that general revenue or income tax oftentimes back to taxpayers. And those are type, the types of uh, fiscal policies that I'd like to implement in the state treasurer's office. But uh, it's not really, it's not always about how much you spend or, or uh, where you, you know, it's, it's as much where you spend it, when you spend it, as it is much about how you spend it. And that ultimately leads to lots of taxpayer savings. And, and I'm proud to have, uh, had some success accomplishing that over the years. Cody, as we do every day, we finish up with uh, two questions. First is our question of the day. Question of the day today, 
Different question every single day unrelated to anything else. Question of the day today and maybe one that uh, you'll get to break the record on in the future. But what's the what's your personal longest plane ride ever? And how'd you entertain yourself on the ride? Sure. Well, listen, this is both my least favorite and favorite, I think, parts of, of coming on your show. Always these questions. They're fun and entertaining. But <laughs> You know what? Hold prepared. on. Hold on. We're going to run down a rabbit hole for a second. <laughs> We've been discussing this internally. I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Sure. We've been discussing changing this and starting every interview with the question today just because everybody comes on with sort of their prepared talking points and just to throw mm-hmm. the interview off. Well, as a guest, what do you think of that idea? As a guest, I find that a little terrifying. You know, you, you go into it with a, a mindset, and certainly I always forget that you're going to pop a question at the end, but doing it at the beginning would uh, certainly uh, change the dynamic. But it would be entertaining uh, to your listeners, and, and I know that's what your inter- entertaining entertainment and information is what you're after with this show, and so uh, I, I can see how they would ultimately benefit from that new format. All right, well, back to the question. Longest, longest plane ride. So my longest plane ride, I, I haven't been coast to coast. I've flown to the East Coast and the West Coast uh, from Missouri, so not terribly long plane rides. I haven't been outside of the United States yet. I will say that last summer I actually tr- uh, flew across the state with, uh, at the time, Treasurer Fitzpatrick, and we, we went through Austin. We went to Austin, Texas, and then ultimately to Cheyenne, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I was shocked at how big Texas is. It took us a couple hours to get to Austin, Texas. And then the next day we woke up and went to Cheyenne and we flew for two hours, landed, had to get fuel, and we were still in Texas. And then got up in the air again, flew for another couple hours before we were across Texas and then ultimately to Cheyenne. So um, that felt like the longest plane ride that I've ever had, but it was actually broken up into a couple parts. Uh, finally, if people want to follow along with the campaign, Keep keep up to date on your travels around the state. How do they uh, how do they follow you on social media? Sure, on Twitter it's Cody Four Mo with the number four Cody number four M O. On Facebook it's spelled out Cody F O R M O, and uh, you could catch me there on on both of those platforms. My website is Cody Four Missouri, all spelled out Cody Four Missouri dot org, and uh, would invite your listeners to go there and learn a a little bit more about me and get in contact with me if I can help them with anything or if they have any questions for me. Cody Smith, he's running for state treasurer. Cody, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, Elijah. Always a pleasure. Again, Cody Smith entering the state treasurer race today. Interesting dynamics to this race. So he's running against the governor's appointee, Vivek Malik, who's never been in office before and, and nobody really knew Cody, on the other hand, sort of been a longtime member of of uh, the, the 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 I should say long time. He's been a member of the the state legislature and known as one of the the big anti tax anti spending people in the legislature. Um, always looking for a way that they can you know save money. I remember a few years ago, uh, he was the the governor wanted to pass a big tax increase to 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 pay for roads. Cody said, no, let's do a bond package where instead of just spending new money, let's, 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 we can, we can pay for it as we borrow it. Interest rates are low and we'll pay it back as we do it. And also let's use some general revenue. Got a lot of flack at the time, but in hindsight turned out to be a good revenue saving decision for the state. 
obviously, as we know now, between the eventual tax increase that they, they pushed through and all the federal money, we got more money for roads than we know how to spend other than maybe I-44, which apparently nobody cares about. Um, but, but we'll, we'll create quite an interesting dynamic to watch Cody Smith, a Southwest Missouri guy, jump into this race, uh, for, for, for state treasure. You know, it's a, it's a unique year in that you've got Jay Ashcroft, who's a Springfield guy running for governor. You've got Cody now from Carthage running for, uh, for treasurer. Shane Scholler from Springfield running for secretary of state. You definitely get a flavor that Southwest Missouri, big player in the, uh, in the statewide campaign for the, uh, the, the offices. So, all right, we're out of time. We're going to be back. We got more to discuss on the show. Stick around. There's a man next to you with a killer view of New York And somehow you managed to get me talking too much Yeah, there's a rhythm 